Today I want to take a step further into all things are new. Everybody say to me, all things are new. Say it. So I'm going to take you through some points. I may mention some of the things I said last week. But if I do, just understand there's a reason for it. But I changed a few things this week on this. Quit defining <clears throat> or stop. Quit defining your future through the microscope of the past. Lord, change me on that. He said, quit defining your future through the microscope of your past. Why would he say microscope? Because you see, the microscope illuminates and magnifies the smallest things, right? You ask the doctor. They'll look under the microscope to see things that cannot be seen with the natural eye. So the mic microscope sees the smallest things, magnifies it. And that means the smallest thing you do in life that was negative, <coughs> the microscope brings it to a giant. And you define your future by what you see through that lens of the microscope. So in thinking of that, I say it's time to retire the microscope. It's time to retire the microscope and see through the telescope of the future. A microscope looks at the smallest things. The telescope looks into your future. I don't know about y'all. That excited me. Y'all looking at me like, well, man, big deal. I got, I got to get some bacon and biscuits here in a minute. You got to understand, if he's saying the telescope, that means you can reach way out there and see a mighty future. See things you've, you've not seen before. Places you've wanted to visit, you can see it now. You're healing. You can see it. Those new jobs, you can see it. Instead of looking at the failures of the past under a microscope, you start seeing it through a telescope. Does that make sense to anybody but me? When the Lord showed me that early this morning, I said, that's good stuff, God. I said, you know, you're smart. So I'm going to throw away in my life, you say, well, you know what? And I'm going to tell you, especially as you get older, you need to throw away the microscope. I would say it a different way, but I don't offend anybody here. I could place some emphasis on that word. I let Dr. Carr do it for me. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19 in the New International Version. Forget the former things. Forget what happened in the past. You're, you're putting a microscope on. Do not dwell on it. Don't dwell on the past. Can I ask the question, does anybody but me dwell on the past? Okay, we'll get some hands. Let's see a hand. We do, don't we? He's saying, don't do it. Develop. You say, well, I got some memories. I'm... Don't live in the memory, make new memories. <clears throat> Don't dwell on the memory, make some new memories. Better memories. There you go. Better memories. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Because God is saying, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it's going to spring forth. Do you not understand it or perceive it? 
I am making a way in the desert. He's saying you may be in a desert place, a dried up place, a dead place. Here's what he's saying. I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Do you understand what he's saying? It doesn't matter how bad it looks. It doesn't matter how dry it is. It doesn't matter how it's not producing fruit anymore. He said, I'm going to bring the water in due season, and it's going, to, it's going to spring forth. It's going to bring forth fruit. Whether you believe it or not, that's the way God works. Some of you in business are, are in your, you're working for someone else even, but you feel like it's drying up. You need to call the stream into it. You need to say the stream's coming because God is saying there's a new thing going to happen. I'm going to tell you, something big's going to happen. Had a, 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 a bishop prophesy to me and to all of us there. He said, by December the 31st, he said, you're going to see it. It's going to be big. And I believe God is going to do a big thing with the East-West Church. A big thing. He said, well, I don't see it. You don't have to see it. All you do is believe it's going to happen. He said, are you discouraged, Bishop? Listen, as long as you're sitting here, I'm not discouraged. As long as the Lord shows up, I'm not discouraged. And you have got something special here. You said, well, what's that, Bishop? I'm going to tell you what's special about this place. Most people don't understand. When they come in here, they're going to feel the Spirit of God. It's that spirit that saves you, heals you, and delivers you. It's that spirit. Come on, give him a hand. Give the Lord a praise in this place. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. You understand how that works? Forget those things that are in the past. Don't you dare live in it. Because when you do that, you are literally spitting on Christ's grace. You are abolishing the grace of God. But Bishop, as I said last week, and I'll take it a little further, uh, this is who I, I is. This is who I am. This is what I've had to endure. Don't you get it? It may have been a part of your old man. It may have been a part of the old you. You need to hear this. But today, everybody say today. But today in Christ Jesus, all things are new. Not some things, all things are new. It's a new Christian Daniel, it's a new Damon, it's a new James, it's a new Randy, new Floyd, new Namoda. You understand, when we talk about Jesus, he's talking about a brand new you. A new you. So, you say, this, I've had to endure these things in my life. You need to hear me. Those things are gone. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that they're gone. I don't want them. I don't want them in my life. How many of you want some things out of your life? Then today we need to realize that there really are really those things we don't want are gone. 
The only thing that we've done, we've allowed the shadow of it to come back into our lives. It's not really there, but we're living in the shadow of something that was in the past. What do you mean by that? The new you, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 in the NIV. And I'm going to read this in the King James in a little bit, if I get that far. He says, but you are you. You. You are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. There's nowhere you can find that darkness will overcome the light. When you flip on the light switch, darkness has no power. It has got to leave that room. Am I right or wrong? So whenever we flip on the light, darkness is gone. When you receive Jesus Christ, quit saying, I'm walking in darkness. You have chosen the darkness because he's given you his marvelous light. You don't have to walk confused anymore or diffused anymore. You realize you can see clearly. You know what you're doing and you're hearing. Listen, some of the things I've had to go through in the last few weeks, I've had to make some, some, some real decisions. And the only way I could do that is God's whispering into my spirit, do this. Go this way. Do it this way. How many people know God knows the secret? Whatever secret you have in your heart, he knows it. And if somebody's going to do wrong by you, God knows it before they ever divulge it. And what does he do? He comes on the scene and says, I don't want to be hurt, so I'm going to deal with this. Before she even knows it, I'm going to deal with it. Do you all get that? He's dealing with our problems, Doc, before we ever realize they're there. Oh, man. We live because of him. Once you were not a people, verse 10, but now you are the people of God. He's talking to you. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Mercy. What does that mean? That means you did wrong, but God said, I'm going to take care of you. Because of his grace. He said, I'm going to take care of you through my mercy. You sinned, but I'm going to deal with it. You're a thief, but I'm going to deal with it. You're an angry person. I'm going to deal with it. Whatever it is, he said, I'm going to show you mercy. <clears throat> How many people need God's mercy? I do. Church, I want you to hear me. East West Church, you need to really get this in your spirit because never has there been a time like this time now that this church needs to arise and realize who you are. You need to realize that God has called you. You say, well, why are you saying that, Bishop? Because God's called me. And if God's called me to stand here and minister this word, he's called you to be a part. No doubt in my mind. We are God's, say we are God's, we are God's new thing. We are God's new thing for this generation. We are his new type, his chosen people, his royal priesthood, the new type. 
through Jesus Christ. We are being transformed. We are that group of people called according to His Word. What I said, we're an, with an uncommon purpose because we have an uncommon faith. That means we just believe beyond what is, seems to be reality. Can you imagine the Egyptians that day? They're coming in, going to kill the children of Israel. Several million of them standing there, and they weren't fit for battle. Here comes the chariots, the war chariots of Egypt. And God says, hey, Moses, stand still and see my glory. Get up off your knees and quit praying. You know, sometimes prayer is great, and another time you need to get up and get something done. You're just sitting there praying, and ain't going to cut it. You got to do something about it. He said, Moses, get up. Well, I'm paraphrasing. What you praying for? Get up and stretch forth your rod. The second he does it, that which looks like reality is we're going to drown. But the faith said, you're going to walk across on dry ground. So faith overcame reality that day. And someone said, well, that was just not, you know what, Bishop? We've studied it. No, you didn't really study it or you wouldn't be saying it. We studied it. And that time of the year, there was a drought and there was only six inches of water. And I said, thank you, God. You drowned Pharaoh's army in six inches of water. You follow what I'm saying? That's the kind of faith I have. But it wasn't. It was a flood. Right, Adrian? It was flooded. It was deep. But God said, I'm, here's your reality, and here's your faith. Here's your reality, and here's my spirit. How many people need that spirit instead of the reality? I mean, a doctor may say, you're dying. But the reality, that's reality. But don't live in that if you've got faith. Say, I, I believe through Christ, I can live. I mean, I had a pastor. I was talking to him back in, in, the, in the preparation room before we went out. 77 years old, he said. He said, I was telling him about my kidney issue because he, 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 he was thinking about it. He'd heard it about it. So I tell him, he said, let me tell you, at the same time you were going through that, he said, they put me in the hospital. I didn't know I was having heart failure. He said, I just felt tired. I was getting more weary. He said, and they come in and said, Pastor, you're having heart failure. Your heart's failing you. And you've gained so much water in and around your heart. I guess that's congestive heart failure. He had like 40 or 50 pounds of water in him. And the doctor said, if you had not come in, if you had not listened, he said, you wouldn't be alive. But God saw that reality and said, I'm going to deal with it with my spirit. Put a stent in, and the 40, 50 pounds are gone, and he's preaching like a madhouse. You say, well, wait a minute. Can't God do it without the stent? Yeah, Absolutely. But why do you think God ta gives talent to a man like this man, Dr. Carrier? 
Why does he give him talent if he's not going to let him use it? That's your free part today. But we're God's new type. Turn to somebody and say, you look new. And we have uncommon faith. We've got the kind of faith that splits, opens the Red Sea. I hope you're hearing me tell these stories because it's all, you see what I'm talking about? These are people that had major problems. They're dying. Some dead, they said, you're dead. They forgot to tell the dead man he was dead, though. We are that new people, <clears throat> that new group of people that follows the voice of our Father God. We follow His will. We demonstrate the power of God. We do this. That's what makes us new. Because very few people are doing that anymore. What they want to do is teach you something and never demonstrate it. And the reason they can't demonstrate it is because they don't have the goods. It's like a poor man trying to teach you how to be rich. How many people wants that? Well, I didn't see no hands go up. I want a billionaire to teach me how to get rich. I don't want somebody poor. Christian, you can't teach that class. <laughs> I don't want somebody poor telling me how to get rich. I want to follow the will of the Father. I want to follow His majesty. I want to follow the majesty of the kingdom of God. We, the East West Church, in this all things are new, will not walk in the former, but we'll walk in faith. We'll not walk in, under the microscope, we'll walk through the telescope. Because you see, the telescope makes all things new. Things you could not see out in your future, you start to see it. This new group of people that I'm talking about, which sits here today, will change the face of the way we reach people for Jesus Christ. We will change the face of evangelism. For we believe that all people have the right to the message of Jesus Christ. That's what makes us new. Because so many people have decided, well, we'll preach the gospel to the affluent. We'll preach the gospel to the white race. We'll preach the gospel to the black race. We'll speak the gospel to the Chinese or the Japanese. The reason I'm saying that, you say that, that would not happen. It happens all the time. If you don't believe it, you go into certain places, you'll find out why, why they treat me that way because they don't want you there. But I hear the word saying, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Is what Jesus said. Amen. Jesus is standing today with his hands extended saying, be new. Don't think the old thoughts. Don't go the old ways. We need a new, Adrian, we need a new approach. And we will not be ashamed of what God has placed in our lives and the direction He's given us. We will not back down. Say, I will not back down. And matter of fact, we will not even, we're not going to hide. We don't back down. We're not going to hide. We're going to stand up for, for the promises of the Word of God. He said, I've got a promise for you with your name on it, and all you got to do to access it is says, I believe, Lord Jesus, and I'm going to take hold of it. It's mine. Say it, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. 
I can do all things, not some things. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I will not fail. I will go over, not under. I'll go through. I will not be stopped. Well, Bishop, you, you think too highly of yourself. No, you're wrong. I think too highly of him who's called me. I think highly of him. We are, and hear this, young people. I'm so glad you're here to hear this. We are a new generation, a new group of people, an, excite, an exciting generation. You're the ones that's going to carry on after I'm gone. Of course, I'm going to live to be 120, so don't get, don't get too carried away. I'm not going to be ashamed. You're not going to be ashamed. We're going to keep going on. We're going to stand up for those promises. I will live and not die. This new generation will take the church, this church, our church, and the church universal to a new level of worship and praise and commitment. <clears throat> the things that we said will not be new will be new. He's, what did he say? Even if you're in a desert, you're in a dry place, and everything's going down, he said, you're going to go up because I'm going to bring a stream to you. Amen. If that don't excite you, like my daddy used to say, if that don't... Catch you on fire, your wood's wet. You know how to be on fire for God. Listen, Christian, nothing make me happy to see you dance before the Lord. Well, you say, well, that's craziness. I'm a redneck. I can't do that. The truth of the matter is, don't matter if you're redneck, white neck, black, black neck, or yellow neck, the truth of the matter is we can praise God. Am I right or wrong? Whether you're educated or uneducated. Here, Dr. Carroll is educated. And I got other lawyers in here and all are educated. The greatest thing you can do is worship God. Praise God. Let people know. No matter how much education you go, you've got. Because usually they educate God out of you. And am I right? They'll take God right out of your program. The truth of the matter is, the smarter you get, the less smart you really are. Until you realize that God is God in you. Both to will and to do, the Bible says. Boy, I'm getting excited here today. I just, I feel like something new's happening. Something great's happening. Somebody's coming alive. Somebody's saying, I'm going to live and not die. Somebody's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to achieve that which others said I can't do. You know what brings miracles? Y'all need to hear this. Expectation brings miracles. Excitement about the expectation brings mighty miracles. If you don't come expecting, you ain't getting nothing, honey. Excuse the semantics. You ain't getting nothing. Can you imagine your husband or wife coming to you and giving you something special that they've worked hard to get for you? And you're going, yeah, yeah, I like it, man. And you're throwing it down. I can take it down. There's some women in here, man, if you did that, you wouldn't be sitting down for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You wouldn't be eating no more. I can tell you that. No more food. You have to be excited about what someone is giving you. And God's giving you the best he's got. I am convinced that this new church. You say, why do you keep saying new church? Because it's not the same church it was. East West Church, if you put it under a microscope, has changed. But I'm looking at a telescope into my future. We will not just see church 
as something we do, but understand it's who we are. We are the church. In this newness, we will not only declare, but we will demonstrate the power of our risen Savior. There's a difference in talking about it and showing it. Big difference. People I prayed for several years ago came to me this week and said, you may not remember me, but God really touched my body. One woman, she's been there, every, every, I prayed for her, she was dying of cancer, and I've seen her there every year after that, because God healed her. What are you saying, Bishop? It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. The anointing of God. So we're going to demonstrate the power. I would say to the world, get ready for this new generation. For this new expression of faith. Get ready for it. Because there's some powerful people coming forth. That aren't afraid to declare what God said. What is God saying to you? Well, I hear 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. But in 1 Peter 2, 9, I want to take you back there for a second. I'll, I'll spend just a few moments here. I want to take you back to that, those verses, but I want to read it this time in the King James Version. I read it in the NIV, but here's the King James, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are a chosen generation, which means you have been carefully selected. It's like you women going in the grocery store. I've watched you. I've watched my wife. They'll go around and look at the tomatoes. They'll look at the cucumbers. They'll look at different things. And they pick it up and they squeeze it. Or they smell it. They can tell you if that vegetable is, is good or not. They know how to thump a watermelon. Thump, thump. And if it's hollow like your head, it's a good one. No. They know how. What do you say? They go in that store and they carefully select their food for their family. They don't just pick up any old thing. They're checking it out. And that's what he's saying here. Look, you're not just any old person. You're, you're, just, you're very special to me. He's carefully selected you. We are all different, but we all have different abilities. Varying, varying our great abilities. Then he says you're a royal priesthood. Royal means descended or related to a king or a line of kings. My God, are you catching this? <clears throat> We're related to a king. What's his name? Jesus. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. Then he says you're a holy nation. We are a nation that has been set apart or consecrated for the work of God. Well, Bishop, if I become a Christian, will that mean I can't have fun anymore? Absolutely not. You can have more fun. You can actually start enjoying life. And quit dreading. You say, well, I'm just worried that Jesus come back any moment. I'm not going to make it. Quit worrying about that and worry about living your life for the life of, of a God-called life. 
we are not living the way he wants us to live. Because when people see you as a Christian living your life and enjoying your life, they're going to want some of what you got. I've had people say to me, I don't know what you got, but I want some of it. I've had it say it to me. And I'm like, I didn't feel nothing special, but they did. So we've been set apart or consecrated for the work of God. A peculiar people. How many peculiar people do we have in here today? <laughs> Thank you. What does that mean? We are a people that have been acquired by God. Thus we belong to God. We are his special treasure. That's what makes us peculiar. Not because you got a goofy haircut. It's because he has brought you to himself. And you're my special treasure. Why? That you should show forth the praises of him. He has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people. But now you're the people of God which had not obtained mercy. But now you have obtained mercy. It's time to show forth the praises of him, church. That's the new thing we need to do here. We need to walk through those doors thanking God. Quit yee-yowing about what happened last week in my job or talking about things that are nonsensical. Start talking about what God did for you. Pat, what did God do for you? Call us what did God do for you. See, those are very important. When you tell people and you speak that out. Some of y'all walked through the line last week and you told me what God has done for you. It's amazing. When you start telling people how good God is, you start raising him up and his spirit starts to move. I think if we start coming through the doors praising him and worshiping him in spirit and in truth, you're going to see this church change. You're going to see a group of people that understands that our God lives, our God reigns. Our God rules. I'm a peculiar person. You're peculiar. Why? Because God has his hand upon you. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. He said, you sure? I'm positive. Everyone in here has an ability to change your world. Because you've been chosen. Carefully selected. God has not made a mistake. God made a mistake with Floyd. No, he didn't make a mistake with Floyd. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He knew exactly how he was going to do it. Let me get back to this thing real quick. What I'm trying to tell you is what Jesus requires is nothing compared to what other religions require. He just requires it will be. You know what he really likes and wants? Sacrifice. No. You're saying it. He wants your obedience. Amen. Obedience. That's what he wants. Because if he got his, your obedience, he's got you. He knows you'll get the job done. Can you imagine having a military man or a woman and having an army and them just doing what they want to do? Okay, we're going to go take this line here. We're going to take, we're going to have a frontal charge here. And them saying, we don't think we'll go today. They don't work that way. You follow a line of authority and you do it whether you feel like it or not. That's called real obedience. It's called authority. I'm almost through. 
it's time now for all things to be new, and it's time for us to come out of the closet. He said, but I'm, I'm in the closet. What, what closet? The prayer closet. You prayed, now it's time to come out and get the work done. Get the job done. 